That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits with a comic book stack episode for the date of December 5th, 2018. I got in the building, Robin Crossing from Canada. Oh. And we got a big one this week, uh, Batman number 60, something crazy happens in that, uh, Doomsday Clock number 8, Shazam number 1, Martian Manhunter number 1, uh, Justice League, and uh, Daredevil's Cancellation. So that's what's on the fucking buffet right now. Throw your bibs on. About to uh, bite into uh, some good comic book goodness. Batman number 60, man. Let me tell you, man. The way this ended, something happened where we, um, ever since the cancellation of the wedding in that issue, what was it, number 50, right? So it was only 10 yeah. issues ago. That had something that stuck out in that book is re- now resurfacing in this book, Batman 60. So Uh-oh. does it ever. Yeah, man. So we have two different artists on this we have Mikel Janin, right? Yep. And we have George Foreman, right? With the grill. <laughs> <laughs> Bring a Foreman grill. Foreman put grill. in it. <laughs> um uh George Fornes, it could be Jorge, I'm not sure. Uh but uh yeah, I like his work a lot. I uh, after reading the issue I uh checked him out on Instagram. So if you're not following him already, uh, go look him up. Uh, this guy's good. Is he is he the guy who is doing the Mazzucchelli style artwork in this book? That is certainly him. It's good, right? Like, it does look spot, like a... Spot, spot on. So his artwork... So they go back and forth between artwork from Mikel Janin and um, George. But uh, when you go to George, it looks exactly like uh, Batman Year One, David Mazzucchelli. Oh, by the way, we technically have an interview with... All <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> we... Rather, can you can you read the interview? Okay, so yeah, I I will actually read it completely. Give me a second here. Yeah, I will. We have a bring up Masichelli. that uh, interview. For anyone who doesn't know, David Mazzucchelli is the artist of Batman Year One, which one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, you know the book by uh, Frank Miller. Frank Miller, uh, that was his writing, but. Uh, David Mazzucchelli, that was his artwork in Batman Year One. It's you know it's a staple in Batman mythology. Like I think ever since then, I think he did Daredevil work, right? So, um, but ever since, ever since that, um, he kind of didn't work in comic books anymore. He teaches now. Yeah. He's a professor. yeah, he's uh, he's an art professor. Yeah, so that's pretty. Uh, cool. So here is uh, <laughs> I will I will read through our uh, very brief interview with David Mazzucchelli. So. Uh, I uh, sent Mr. Mazzucchelli a message, invited him to the podcast. So uh, here is the uh, conversation that uh, that I had with Mr. Mazzucchelli after uh, extending the invitation. Hello, Robin. 
Thank you for the invitation, but I'm afraid I'm not doing interviews these days. Good luck with your show. Best, David Mazzucchelli. So, technically he answered Robin's question. So and technically accounts- it was lightning round because he gave a quick answer off the top of his head. He did. That was it. So, so we're taking it as David Mazzucchelli interview. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, hey, it's, it's pretty cool that I got a, that I got to have an interaction with David Mazzucchelli. I'm happy with that. Yeah, he, he like. He's a lit. Yeah, he totally disappeared from comics. Just like, just like David McKean kind of did, who um, yeah. was the artist on Arkham Asylum. Oh. Yeah. And they just, you know brushed away from it but such good artwork so this guy in this book kind of mimics or just nails it spot on it's like you would think david mazzucchelli drew that part but um but in batman number 60 um we wake up to a pissed off gordon i can't remember the last issue why is gordon so angry again right now uh in 59 we saw batman go to arkham after getting uh, the intelligence from penguin that Bane has been running Arkham Asylum in secret. Uh, so Batman headed to Arkham, uh, just walked right in, went into Bane's cell, and proceeded to beat the holy shit out of him uh, while Bane pretended to be catatonic. And Batman just beat him within an inch of his life while demanding that he tell the truth. Mm, that's the second time Batman beats the shit out of Bane in Arkham Asylum. Right. That wasn't the worst part, though, for Gordon. Uh, so when Gordon got the got the call that Batman had shown up and what was going down, he shows up and he's trying to reason with Batman, telling him, you know, he, he's he's not there. Nobody's home. You know, he's, I don't know what you were told, but but it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to soften. Bats turned around and just sucked mm-hmm. Gordon right in the face and dropped him. Nice. So at that point. Uh, Gordon uh, told Batman he's tired of his shit and mm. he better get the fuck out. Yeah. They, uh, they're currently, as Ross would say on Friends, we were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's your favorite show. <laughs> uh, um, so Batman's pissed. He's pounding the shit out of Maxi Zeus on a rooftop trying to get information about who... Um, his early release and who was running things in Arkham. Um, he keeps telling him he's yeah, angry. So he, he's, he's been going through the city basically uh, tracking down anyone who has recently been in Arkham like yeah. since Bane's arrival there and has, has recently been released. Uh, tracking them down and pressing them for information on, uh, yeah. on what Bane's role had been there. The penguin is blindfolded in the bat cave in a cage where um, Alfred has to look over him um, like a warden for his own protection, though. The penguin's own protection from Bane, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. they, they have him you know, caged there to, to make sure he doesn't uh, go anywhere. But from Penguin's point of view, you know, he, he doesn't mind at all that they have him locked up somewhere safe because he's obviously afraid of Bane. Yeah. And they have the, um, <clears throat> they're talking about poetry. Uh, they come back to the rooftops where Batman's still trying to get information. Then you got Harvey and um, Harvey Bullock and Gordon going over things as well. Talking about the Nightwing shooting and how Batman's pretty much losing it. This was a great, this, this like, this kind of made me chuckle, man. 
Bats throws Firefly out of a window, and then he throws his pack after yeah. him and says, don't yeah. forget your jet pack. <laughs> that, that, shit, yeah. that made me laugh, man. That was so great. And then uh, he kind of just shoots his grapple gun down on him and pulls him back up. I mean, while wow, he nailed the year one look to a T, man. Uh, he's trying to press Firefly for information as well. And then uh, Kite Man. And uh, after uh, his visit with Kite Man, dropping his obligatory hell yeah, mm. uh, we go back to uh, uh, Oswald and Alfred here, and they're discussing, of course, the uh, the poem that ran throughout uh, last issue. We're going to ignore that noise my cat is making. They're discussing uh, uh, the turtle and the phoenix, I think it was called. Uh, anyway, we had discussed it on uh, mm-hmm. the episode when we reviewed uh, the last issue. So they're discussing that, and uh, we get Oswald uh, talking about, uh, again, his deceased wife. And at this point, we find potentially another reason, possibly a reason, why he had put it, he had been put into Arkham rather than Blackgate. That you had been questioning that in the first place. Oh, okay. Because uh, we find out as he's uh, sort of remembering uh, his deceased lover uh, to Alfred, it, he it was a uh, describes characteristics and it sounds like he was talking about an actual fucking bird <laughs> he talks about her black feathers and her beak glistening hmm. so hmm. Un- unless he's just describing her hair as feathers and you know describing her her lips as you know referring to her lips as a beak but yeah it's it's a bit foggy there he he may have been put into uh, Arkham for being a little freakier than we thought yeah, he is a nut, though, now you think about it. Like, if you think about Danny DeVito's Penguin, you probably want to throw him in Arkham as well. So Yeah, yeah could be worse. Mm. His nose could be gushed. <laughs> uh, you got, uh, was that Montoya talking to uh, Commissioner Gordon about Batman punching his way through the city for information? Alfred starts to feed the Penguin sardines? or yeah, Well, he's been feeding him uh, sardines. But uh, this is where things uh, start to turn here because uh, Penguin uh, apparently hears a different uh, a different voice mm. other than Alfred's, and uh, his mood is suddenly uh, quite different. Yep, and that's when um, right even right before that page, you see uh, Gordon just bash the bat signal in with a bat. And, yeah, uh, he had pulled that from uh, from another uh, officer's uh, office, and who uh, makes the joke as Gordon walks out of his office with the bat on his shoulder, mm. uh, says, "Now you're officially the Batman." Yeah, and uh, it's not the first time we've seen him bash a bat signal in. That's pretty cool. But it's this is a very good-looking version of it. Mm. And then you got uh, bats back to the bat cave or wherever they are. Um, Alfred's on the floor. Looks like he just got uh, knocked knocked down pretty hard. <clears throat> and then... Well, there's his cage anymore. The penguin's gone. And um, 
Bats asks Alfred, you know, who who is it? Who is here? And then Alfred says, your father. Then you just see Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint Batman suit standing over Batman. And um, that's pretty crazy. Interesting way they made the eyes glow. <clears throat> Star- yeah, Star- his eyes are glowing, the chest symbol, and the uh, mm. the buckle of his utility belt are glowing red. So I'm starting to wonder if that's actually Thomas Wayne or somebody in a Flashpoint Batman suit. So... Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it almost has to be given that we were introduced to him during the button mm-hmm. when Anne and Flash ended up uh, in the Flashpoint universe. And then that reveal that you were talking about earlier at the end of Batman 50, where we saw Thomas Wayne standing uh, alongside Bane and all the others. Uh, in that room, there was also lying on the floor, Bane had skeets. Yep. So that does give him the ability of you know, time travel, etc. So yeah, but obviously he's um, his mind is controlled to some way, shape, or form. It's not himself. So that he he could this could have something to do with uh, how they uh, parted when Thomas was telling Bruce not to be Batman anymore. You know, stop being Batman, just living. You know, maybe. He's mm. uh, going to tell him more forcefully now because he uh, mm. he didn't listen. Yeah, I mean Tom King is banging through the rogues gallery. Did he? Um, did Tom King do Scarecrow yet? I forgot. Uh, no, we haven't gotten Scarecrow yet, but I believe we're going to soon. And Phantasm. Oh shit! Play a man gets his way. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, pause. <laughs> go back listen to our clay man interview it'd be or easy to find to both of them at only, once just you know <laughs> it's, it's the only clay man interview you're gonna find so it'll be easy to track down mm. but uh clay man talks about his dream project of doing a phantasm story with tom king and he gives the story of how he got the green light from dan didio to do so yep it's <laughs> a great interview <laughs> <laughs> If you love Clayman or Olivier Coppel, go check it out. <laughs> um, Doomsday Clock number eight. What happened this week in the, sta- in the stash? <laughs> uh, we're at the point in Doomsday Clock. Like after this issue, there are only four issues left. Uh, so at this point, every issue is going to have some shit going down. Uh, so this one here, we. Uh, the main theme of this issue is really Superman's status as sort of being uh, accepted by all nations as a superhero, uh, being like the only the only superhero, especially the only metahuman, who is accepted by all nations as you know, the other countries see him as you know he sort of has diplomatic immunity. You know they don't care that he's technically American. Uh, they've never had any issue with him, so they allow, everyone allows him into their country, and he's sort of uh, he's sort of Sweden uh, with everyone. Uh, so that's sort of the theme of that, and uh, we see that status uh, being destroyed. Uh, there's a situation where Firestorm uh, accidentally goes uh, sort of supernova, and gets so hot that uh, these people uh, I should explain a little farther there's a crowd of people who end up uh, attacking him while he's fighting the uh, Russian Soviet whatever uh, 
the meadows. And uh, while he's tangling with them, uh, he gets uh, hurt badly enough by an attack that his flame goes out, he lands on the ground, and he starts to be mobbed by all these protesters, uh, anti-metahuman protesters. And in his anger, his flame comes back on, but he explodes so hot that all of these people who are attacking them are turned to glass. Damn. And he didn't intend to do it, and he's horrified. Mm. And the next time we encounter him, uh, he has uh, taken one of the uh, the small boy that he had that was you know nearby and got turned to glass. And he's trying to figure out how to turn him back. You know, he knows that he can transmutate him again, uh, transmute him, and you know return him to to life. Mm. So uh, Superman shows up there after we see Superman uh, having an exchange with Black Adam uh, about all of the uh, all of the meta troubles going on. They don't have a great relationship, but we see Superman track down uh, Firestorm and is encouraging him to, you know, to like, yeah, you you can do it. I I know you can. I know you can do it. You know, just just do it. So he, he does succeed, and he turns this kid back. So Superman Firestorm return to the scene where, uh, where the explosion happened, and we see Putin there with his metahumans uh, speaking to this group of people, and basically Firestorm is you know, public enemy number one. So when he shows up there with Superman, He's trying to explain. I, you know, look here. I, I fixed this boy. Let let me do this. I can turn everyone back. Uh, and things get violent. Uh, there are tanks rolling up, and these people who have been turned to glass, you know, start getting smashed and you know killed. And Firestorm is freaking out. No, you're killing them. And he wants to turn them all back. And uh, Superman is now being seen as being against them. As Putin's military begins to attack Firestorm, Superman gets in the middle of it and is trying to, uh, to stop things. Uh, Superman is now against this army, so now it's Superman and Firestorm versus uh, Putin's army and his metas. And as this fight is happening, all of these uh, people who have been turned to glass are being destroyed. And Superman ends up throwing a tank, and things are just going horrible. Uh, Batman has seen what's happening on the news, and he's trying to get—he's trying to fly his ass out there uh, to try to help. And he's telling Superman, "Stop! Stop what you're doing! You know this—this this looks horrible. You have to get out of there. Stop talking. Don't say anything to them. Just get yourself out of the middle of this." And we see a large explosion happening. Uh, and just before it happens, uh, we see Batman screaming at Superman, it's not Firestorm. Oh, and shit. we see a massive blue explosion. Damn! And uh, the explosion, like it's just everything, the, all, all you see is a flash of blue and white. And then we cut to Ozymandias sitting in a room watching multiple uh, broadcasts of news from you know, different countries. And he's, he sees this explosion happen. All the news feeds cut out when, when the explosion happens. And he says, yes, it begins. Dr. Manhattan? 
That's who it looks like uh, created this explosion. Damn. This is getting crazy. Super political, so what it, too. What but... it looks like, yeah, very much. And what it looks like, uh, going into a little more deeply, is it looks like uh, Firestorm is maybe being controlled because you see him on his knees and he's struggling with something and he just says, Superman. Oh, shit. I, I'm okay. But oh. then they're that's when Batman tells Superman it's not Firestorm mm. and the explosion. So that was a pretty crazy issue, but we only have four issues left now, so they're mm. all going to be nuts from here on out. It is political, but the original Watchmen was it's all political, so yeah, you know, absolutely. that's going to make sense. Uh, yeah, it's going to be nice. And just, uh, it's interesting how Jeff Johns has continued the politics of the original story and brought it into the present and you know it's contemporary you know it's all contemporary politics and politicians and situations wrong wrong <laughs> mm, very good uh shazam number one the original captain marvel uh what shazam what happened with that <laughs> actually it's pronounced shazam <laughs> There you go, Tom. So uh, <laughs> this is uh, the second book of uh, the week that we get written by our Lord and Savior, Jeff Johns. Uh, the art on this by Dale Eaglesham. So uh, this starts off, it gives us uh, a very brief uh, rundown of Shazam's origin story. So we just get a quick look at Billy Batson uh, ending up uh, in uh, the rock at the Rock of Eternity. And we see him being given his powers by Shazam as he dies. And we're getting, we get the, the Rock of Eternity with the seven thrones. So for the seven uh, different uh, gods. So what we've had a lot uh, over recent years was the version where it's just uh, Billy is the only, you know, it's just Billy Batson, Shazam. He's the only one. But we establish early on in this issue that what Jeff Johns is giving us with this is the Shazam family, where all of the, the uh, adopted brothers and sisters that Billy lives with are all given uh, powers as well. Oh, shit. So we get, get to see the whole group of them in their full costume uh, kicking ass. I do remember this being announced, and I remember when I first heard the news about this title being announced by Jeff Johns, I, I immediately said, oh, that's because the uh, they're releasing it not too long before the movie comes out. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, too. Yeah. Yeah, really good timing for it to come out. So uh, most of the issue is that seeing uh, all of them enjoying being you know, child superheroes. Later in the issue, we see them exploring the Rock of Eternity and uh, discovering something right at the very end. Yeah. Uh, so something happens with them, and the issue culminates. The main story uh, culminates with uh, back at uh, the house that all the kids live at. Mm. There's a knock on the door, and the parents answer. And there's a man there that says he's come to see Billy, mm. and says that he's his father. This is a backup story, so a short story uh, in this. Don't skip the backup. Uh, it's also written by Jeff Johns, yeah. and it's a lot. Uh, the, the main story is very lighthearted, kid-friendly to begin with, but um, the backup story 
is even more kid friendly and uh, culminates with something that'll be interesting. Uh, I want to see where it goes from here, but it's it's definitely very lighthearted and uh, yeah, very cool. Worth, oh, worth a couple minutes it takes to read it. Another legacy character dropped this uh, week: uh, Martian Manhunter number one. How'd that go? This is one of my favorite books to come out this week. Nice. Martian Manhunter, number one. This is a 12-issue series uh, written by Steve Orlando. Uh, For me, this is the best thing that Steve Orlando has written. Mm. And Riley Rosmo is the perfect artist uh, to to draw this project. Mm. So Steve is giving us uh, two different looks at Martian Manhunter. So first of all, we're... uh, we're introduced to John Jones before he's the Martian Manhunter we know, part of the Justice League, etc. We're introduced to him as just John Jones, you know, detective, working cases with a partner and everything, you know, investigating uh, a murder scene. And uh, the other half of the issue is uh, seeing uh, John back on Mars as John Jones you know, mm. with all the Z stuff. Uh, as a manhunter, you know, he was law enforcement back on Mars, but he's crooked law enforcement. Like, you know, he's, he's on the take and, uh, not a a very nice guy, but we see him like that. And then we see him back at home with his family. So that's what the, uh, the two stories bounce back and forth between those. And we see how his past is affecting him in his present. Uh, we see him, uh, haunted by the horrors that he experienced uh, in the destruction of Mars, the loss of his family, everything that he's still scarred by. It's not a kid-friendly book. Uh, We see them, like I mentioned, uh, investigating a murder scene, and it's a really gory uh, mess of a murder scene. Probably the darkest look that we've seen at Martian Manhunter, and uh, I think this is going to be something really good. That's exciting, too. A lot of... A lot of big books hidden this week. If you don't know Riley Rosmo, uh, he's not like you know one of the traditional uh, superhero comic. Uh, like we haven't seen him on a whole lot of uh, Batman's and Superman's type stuff. But uh, he did do a run on Detective Comics. He was the artist on the Batman Who Laughs one shot, and he's done a lot of uh, indie stuff as well. So you may have seen a lot of his work and uh, just not know him, but you're going to know him uh, pretty well uh, by the time this uh, this series is done. Nice. That's really great. And Steve Orlando knows a lot about the DCU, I remember. Uh, Steve Absolutely, Orlando, yeah. Steve Orlando is like, um, like an oracle when it comes to the DC universe. That's what Scott Snyder said. So it, was like, it makes yeah, sense he, that he would handle Martian Manhunter. He's, uh, he's done Wonder Woman and a bunch of other stuff too. And what made me most interested in this story leading up to it was him talking about how long he has had this story in his mind. It's the it's the book he's always wanted to do for years, and he's he's been waiting for the chance to do this story. Martian Manhunter is his favorite character, so now he's getting to do this passion project, and uh, you can you can tell that yeah. uh, the thing he's been waiting to do. To wrap it up, Justice League uh, thirteen Legion of Doom issue. Um. Uh, always fun when we get to these Legion of Doom issues. So this is James Tynan uh, taking the helm for uh, another Legion of Doom issue. And we get Guillaume Mark uh, doing art on this. It's uh, 
nice to see him specifically drawing Joker again. Uh, mm. uh, if you're a fan of the Gotham City Sirens run back when Paul Dini was writing it, Guillaume Mark was the artist on that, and he's done a lot of really iconic Harley and Joker and Poison Ivy and Catwoman. He just uh, uh, he just sent Teasus a an original piece of artwork with Batman and Catwoman because I think Teasus designed some stuff. Yeah, that he. Had to do with uh, his artwork for his. Think he, yeah, I think he sent him a hat too. Yeah, uh, so Sam's that's, hat. That's believe Jesus. So, yeah. um, Guillaume's yeah. a, a really nice guy. I'm not. I'm not at all surprised that he uh, sent him a piece of art like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I'm really happy to see him uh, doing this book. And if you're a fan of reading stories where Joker is at his most brilliant and his darkest. This is a great issue for that. Uh, it's basically a Joker versus Lex issue. Uh, this is sort of Joker uh, giving his notice uh, to the Legion of Doom. You know, fuck you, I'm the Joker. I don't need your shit. Uh, I'm taking what I wanted from this, and you can't stop me. And every time we see uh, everything that you know, Joker is laid out in his plan... Lex thinks he, uh, you know, he'll reveal how he thinks he's checkmated Joker on, on that plan. Like, I, I knew you were going to do that, and I prepared like this. And then after that, Joker, you know, will play like, oh, you, you figured it out. And then we see Lex surprised when Joker was two steps ahead of him. And that just keeps happening through the issue, and you just see Lex is fucked. You know, Joker just completely outsmarted him and played him, and uh, it looks like he was doing it from the start. You know, this was his plan all along getting involved. Damn. That sounds like a badass issue. The Legion of Doom yeah. stuff is supposed to be really, I like how he's incorporating that in the justice league run. That's pretty cool. I dig that. And, uh, we, we get to see more of the Batman who laughs here. Mm. Uh, by the end of the issue, the Joker has infected all of the Legion, not only the Legion of Doom, but, they had all, sort of against Lex's wishes. They had brought in a bunch of new recruits mm. to uh, make themselves more threatening to the Justice League. So we see in uh, the Hall of Doom, Mr. Freeze is there, Scarecrow, Grundy, Riddler, everybody's there uh, to uh, you know to be enlisted into the Legion of Doom, mm. but. Joker had everything planned out, and by the end of the issue, he has infected all of them with Joker gas. Yeah. Uh, they, they've all, so they all showed up, and they were there were gifts, wrapped gifts for each of them there. And when they opened their gifts, it was a different kind of Joker toxin specialized for each one of them. Yeah. That's so crazy. they were all Jokerized by the end, including Sinestro, uh, everybody, Grodd, and. Uh, by the end of the issue, they're all Jokerized, and Lex is chained up in the room where the Batman Who Laughs was previously chained up. Oh, shit. So at the end, Joker has taken what he's wanted, left uh, the, the Legion in shambles, and we see Lex going over to Plan B, yeah. uh, where he uh, contacts... Dr. Ivo. Uh, as Lex makes the call to Ivo, we see Dr. Ivo, wherever he is, reconstructing the 
broken parts of Brainiac. Shit. Wow. And the issue ends off uh, by saying that the Joker will return in the Batman Who Laughs number one, which is also out next week. Damn. And that next up in Justice League is Escape from Awkward. So uh, this is not a DC book. We're uh, stepping beyond Gotham for this. Another book that uh, I would recommend checking out this week. I'm about to read it uh, when we finish up recording here. It's Elvira. Uh, yes, I know. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you love the Elvira. <laughs> uh, the next series from Mark Millar and Raphael Albuquerque. Uh, this is a book called Prodigy. Uh, basically, uh, I've, I haven't touched the issue yet. All I've, uh, done is read a little synopsis and watched, uh, a little video that they, uh, that they put up that just explains the series a little bit. So there's this billionaire genius guy and the world being invaded by aliens. Mm. And what attracted me to the book is that what it boils down to is it is very much like a... Bruce Wayne versus Alien Invasion story. Oh, shit. Uh, it's being uh, like a lot of what Mark Mullen, uh, like books like Magic Order, etc. This is also, as it's being written in comics, being developed for a series on Netflix. Of course it is. Net- Netflix needs uh, a source like this, everything Mark Millar is pumping out, because, you know, what just happened with Netflix? What do we know? Why was it cancelled? Disney's pulling daredevil so they could have yeah. it on their streaming service so, over the past month or so we saw netflix announce the cancellation of iron fist then we got the cancellation of luke cage now we've got the cancellation of daredevil predictably the upcoming cancellation of jessica jones like particularly with daredevil like they the one of the writers had tweeted something along the lines of that they got the news while they were in the writer's room, I think. Uh, they had the next season written and, you know, all plotted out. They were ready to roll with it when they someone walked in the room and gave them the news that it's canceled. But, yeah, we know that Disney has their streaming service coming up called Disney+. Plus, and it's no surprise that, you know, their properties are disappearing from Netflix as... We get closer to them launching so theirs. It's, it's safe to say that Disney kind of pulled it or didn't renew their whatever with Netflix or this is. Yeah, I think they're just uh, not giving Netflix the uh, the green light to use their properties anymore. So, so, uh, so this is what the saddest thing to me about this whole situation is: is uh, that Disney dis- Disneyfies like it's it's the Disney method I would call it now. They, they, you know, they kind of like water it down or dumb it down a little and fill it with jokes and color and, and make it super marketable for the masses, right? They did that with the movies. They did it with Star Wars. They have the, you know, they, they have their method with Marvel. Now, I'm going to just speak for Daredevil because I wasn't the biggest fan of the other series, but Daredevil was just this, probably the best live action comic book show probably ever made. That was just this rare anomaly it was just so good and this is quite tragic for comic book fans because to have something on that level that that's what i always wanted gotham city characters that's where i wanted them to go towards that level of storytelling that netflix did with daredevil to see this show get canceled is is re- it's it's quite tragic for comic book fans or fans of the characters in general. It's um 
to see something this great go because what we're all assuming is Disney wants to yank it and, and maybe start over and they're just gonna it's Disney is not gonna have it at that level of you know in terms of maturity or graphic content or the rating or whatever it's it's gonna be dumbed down and they just water it down man they they have their method and it's effective financially it's quite lucrative but it's it it I don't feel like most of the characters live up to their potential in the way they they do that basically just, Disney is going to want as many reasons as possible for people to uh, subscribe to their streaming service so mm-hmm. that means they're they're going to want all their all their guns uh, on their ship i just thought that Luke Cage and Iron Fist weren't doing well, and I know they were pulling things over there. But I, you know, with the success of Daredevil, I thought maybe it would, might stick around. But my my only hope, though, is that uh, what we're seeing, you know, rumors of online uh, that uh, the shows will be rebooted and recast uh, over on Disney Plus. I just hope that that isn't true. I hope that you know they're they're able to just move everything over. It's, you know, maybe I'm, maybe it's hopeless you, to, to hope for that, but I, I'm going to hope that, you know, the, there's some way that, that it works and that they do continue these series. Uh, you know, everyone expects there to be a, a Heroes for Hire show, you know, the Luke Cage, uh, Iron Fist combo show to, to happen. Uh, hopefully we can get, you know, everything that universe just continue over on Disney plus, but it's possible that uh, something in all of the actors contract states that they could only play them on Netflix, you know, for these Netflix series. Yeah. But hey, you know, ho- uh, hopefully that some way we do get this to continue. It's a shame because Daredevil was pretty much cast perfectly. I loved all of those actors in that show, everyone. And, inclu- and, and it would have been great. Too. Sheesh. Yeah, for sure. And we spent the third season of Daredevil watching the setup of Bullseye. Uh, of uh, Bullseye. Yeah, and like you know, we, we he was he was established in a really great way. We were introduced to him yeah. as before he's even Bullseye. We were just introduced to him as this sniper that had these abilities that he was able to beat Daredevil's ass. Yeah, the, um, at, at character will. develop character development for the show has always been so good. They just top notch. They even went back into Karen's, um, somewhat origin story or background when she was in, uh, what was it Vermont or whatever? And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, they uh, touched they touched on sort of a lighter version of uh, of her history. You know, they they got into the a little bit of the drug stuff. Yeah. But you know, they didn't go quite as far as getting into the you know being a junkie and the prostitution and that stuff. But they did you know dabbled in showing that she was uh, drug dealing and had not the greatest past. Yeah, it was good. You know, um, it's a shame I wanted to see Bullseye in the Bullseye outfit, Poindexter yeah. in the Bullseye outfit. That was. Yeah. But I'm glad we did get Bullseye to some extent. You know, Poindexter, Dex. I'm glad we got him before they canceled the show because you've had Daredevil, Kingpin, Elektra, Punisher, and Bullseye. So that's pretty cool that you know we went through everyone in this show. 
And the hand, they had the hand in there too, Matt Murdock, right? Okay. Charlie Cox, man, round of applause. That guy, yeah, great Matt Murdock, great Daredevil. He did a great job. On the topic of darker visions for Gotham, uh, very interesting that James Wan has expressed interest in making a horror Batman film. Everything I've seen from these Aquaman trailers so far is just fucking incredible. They need to let James Wan do that. He's if he said it was his. Fantasy project, you said? Is that how they yeah, work? Yeah. Oh, man, let the man do it. I mean, his... If if, if you don't know James Wan, uh, he did the first Saw movie, uh, The Conjuring, um, Annabelle... Fast and the Furious. Insidious. Yeah, in, <laughs> Insidious. Uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, but he, he kind of specializes in the dark stuff. He does. And like I said, when... We saw that, te- uh, I guess you call it teaser trailer when um, they're chasing Mera on the rooftops. It's either maybe Greece, Italy, or something like that. Uh, and the way he's panning, the you know, the shots are panning and in and out. And I just said, imagine, when I see that, I just think, imagine Gotham City at night and that's Batgirl or, or Cassandra Kane or somebody jumping from rooftop to rooftop. Just imagine what he could, imagine what James Wan could do with Gotham City. It would just be like, so incredible. That's like some George Miller shit right there, man. I'm hoping for that. No clue what, as to what's going on with a Batman movie yet. With Matt Reeves or whatever. You know, they feel like there's just been so much talk for so long. And I just feel like the studio is waiting to see how these other movies do before they make other decisions. So, should... Or maybe they're just uh, waiting till everyone stops uh, talking about it. And then they'll uh, yeah start hitting us with stuff. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, um, like I said, we talked about it in previous episodes, but um, horror is massive now, too. There's so many horror movies coming out. Um, yeah, we're getting the resurgence of all the Stephen King stuff with everything being remade yeah. uh, on the back of the success of it. Horror is like, you know how they say like superhero movies that are new Western, but I think I think now horror right now is the new superhero movies. There's yeah. just so many of them, but uh, I think I saw someone post about a Stephen King tweeting about it chapter two is coming very soon or something. I wonder if that's like a hint towards a trailer that might pop up soon or not. But that's also Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers is gonna have a really good year. Um, yeah. They got a uh, Shazam. They got Aquaman this year, but Shazam early next year. And then you're gonna have um, the Joker movie. You can have it. And then after those movies, it won't be that long before um, the new Wonder Woman movie. So. Not to mention a bunch of other stuff they probably got coming out. So it should be interesting to see what happens with all that. You saw something about all these Marvel fans kept thumbs downing or disliking yeah, videos that- from Marvel just because they want a, a um, an Infinity War uh, Avengers 4 trailer. What the fuck, man? Like, bunch of fucking dick. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, go and look at almost any... Uh, Marvel trailer that's been put out on Netflix recently, any kind of video that they've released for any Marvel live-action properties, and you'll see thousands of thumbs down and all the comments just saying, where's the trailer? Where's the Avengers 4 trailer? Where's the trailer? When are we getting the trailer? What the fuck? Jeez. Fuck. I mean, what... I wouldn't even call these fans. Like, what the fuck is wrong with these kids? (laughs) They just... It's a fucking trailer. It's a movie, man. We used to go to the movie. Yeah, you used to have to go to the movies to see a movie trailer first. Yeah. 
You know? Yeah, you you wouldn't know a movie was coming yep. until you saw the trailer for it. And that made it so exciting and fun. Yeah. It's now you just suck the joy out of it on your fucking smartphones all day. Come on, man. We uh we see some better stuff uh from Captain Marvel uh yeah. her acting in the movie because so far she's been getting panned in uh people's reviews on the trailers and stuff people it, uh it looks in large aren't uh, enjoying her acting performance she, she just going by the trailer she looks so stiff no presence just i don't know i you just you don't feel convinced you know but, you know maybe maybe we'll see when the movie comes you know maybe it's a thing she's doing I don't know. and well, when you see the whole movie you know, that's me being hopeful again. Man, all I know is uh, when you see Gal Gadot do Wonder Woman, you could see all the emotion in her face and her eyes, you know, and and her energy in that role. That's if you're gonna play one of these characters, that's you kind of have. That's what you gotta come with, man. You gotta just let it take over you. Um, there's been a lot of heavy rumors about Warner Brothers possibly developing a Zatanna movie. I would yes. not be surprised if they did that. It worries the hell out of me because it would not take much for them to screw it up. Zatanna's, believe it or not, not that easy of a character to nail down, man. She's, it's it's like even in the comics, it's like you you got to really know the character to get it right. Is Aquaman an easy character to nail down? Not at all. He's a character that killed that. Well, with Aquaman, um, they sexualized Aquaman, didn't they? like completely sexualized Aquaman which makes sense it's Hollywood he's not the stiff super friends kind of Aquaman that you know it's kind of corny and but of so many jokes sometimes it just works that way with with Zatanna I guess it's all about casting someone made a good point about how cool it would be if it was in like the Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves if it was in that kind of setting, I think that would be pretty damn badass. That would be so easy to not get her right. Zatanna is so fun and cool and sexy and I really dig the character. So if that is true, if they're, if they are developing a, a movie for her, I, I hope they have some good um, creative consultants on it that, you know, maybe Jeff Johns or Paul Dini who really could dig in right. and uh, you know, set, set, set it on the right path. So we'll see what and also, we mentioned last time this happened since we recorded. But rest in peace to Steven Hillenberg, the uh, creator of the SpongeBob SquarePants universe, man. So, you know, big fan of animation. So that, that's a big blow to uh, us. <laughs> Maybe this week we'll refrain from uh, saying where the fuck's the trunkler, because uh, unfortunately we know where the fuck the trunkler is right now. And uh, yeah, man, trunkler, trunkler's uh, taking care of uh, some trunkler business, yeah. but. Uh... <laughs> Get uh, a lot of stuff to read this week, and then we've got uh, next week another big week. We've got uh, Batman Damned next week. Yes, that's yeah, that's gonna be big. Batman Damned number two. So, uh, so tell all your friends to um, tune in and subscribe to Bat Force Radio now, the number one Batman uh, podcast on iTunes. Thank you guys so much for getting us there, uh, and we should be uh, fingers crossed on some more platforms soon too for you guys that use other platforms. So, until next time. Bad for us Hey Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. 
guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.